Every Tuesday in the uh, 9.30 spots-ish, I will say, because we're a little bit late today, uh, my friend Dan Schaefer, political columnist, the uh, writer extraordinaire of the recombobulation area, politics from the, let's say, liberal side of things, but uh, he's also a great writer. So I one of the reasons he's on the show is because of his skills in kind of communicating what he sees in the world of politics Probably more, and Dan Schaefer's the guest, by the way, uh, probably more the state than the country, but you, you, you'd you cover everything. More state and local politics, absolutely. Yeah, which, yeah. I'm, which I'm fascinated which, by. Yeah, and, and I think there needs to be, you know, I, I think it's good that we have some other independent media covering state and local politics in Wisconsin. I think uh, I think it's always good to have a good mix of, uh, you know, local independent yeah, options. Absolutely, yeah. and, and uh, for those who like the... Uh, you know, the back and forth and the left and right. I have a Chris, uh, Christian, Christian Snyder. I almost called him a Christian. He may be. I don't know. A conservative columnist, Christian Snyder, will join us about uh, 11.08 today. So we'll have that nice balance. Uh, and he's also a great author and columnist. Um, I was talking about Rojo in the first half hour. Let's continue the conversation. I don't know if you saw the Andrew Hit interview on Upfront over the weekend. Mm-hmm. What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, it just seems like... It's over and over again. I can't. I, I can't tell whether it's incompetence or malevolence with this group of Wisconsin Republicans. Are they sleepwalking into trying to overturn the election, or are they being malicious about it and actually trying to overturn the election? I think that's often the question with this group. And, and Andrew Hitt's interview seemed to say, like, well, you know, these attorneys were telling us one thing. We just went along. I just that, that's I, just such a terrible explanation. I, I just it's when been three I see years, this, and yes. this is the best that they can do I, to I explain see this what behavior, they did. It's like. Do you expect us to not look into this? This is something that should not have happened. You can argue all you want about we're just protecting the former president's interests. But when I see comments from Andrew Hitt that he was apparently texting with somebody, perhaps the senator, senior senator from Wisconsin, that they're trying to do an end round around the Electoral College, his words in the text, according to Andrew Hitt, that's concerning for me as a voter in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, it's trying to overturn the election. I mean, simple as that. I, I think it is. It's just such an egregious offense and, 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 you know, something that three years later, there just has not been the accountability for that we, that I think we should have seen by now. Well, Bob Spindell, it's kind Bob's- of amazing that he still serves in that role. Yeah, and even after, you know, a couple of weeks ago we signed that settlement, uh, he and the rest of the 10 civil fake electors yes. signed the civil settlement saying that, yes, we did uh, do the wrong thing and, and tried to, you know, Biden was the winner of the 2020 election and they had to, you know, go on record and say all that. Uh, and I think since then the calls have ramped up to remove Spindell. I number, know a number of kind of liberal interest groups, uh, voting rights groups have been pretty vocal about this over the past couple of weeks. And if he's on record saying that he tried to overturn the election, he should not be a Wisconsin elections commissioner. One Point blank. Th- simple, simple as that. Yeah, one would think. Having signed that, uh, having that civil settlement uh, recently, I think that kind of sets us up for a future where we wouldn't have these problems. But I'm, I'm not under no illusion, Dan, that we won't see a similar thing if the same result happens in 2024. With if the former president is the candidate for Republicans, why would he be any different? Exactly. I think that's that's exactly right. I think we have to I think we have to grapple with that potential reality. And, you know, we have Donald Trump is the likely nominee. Uh, If we have Bob Spindell still on the Elections Commission, that's going to be especially concerning if Trump's the nominee. If we have folks like uh, Jim Troopas, who were uh, part of the uh, fake electors plot uh, as well, he's still on a judicial ethics panel. In the state of Wisconsin, although I think there's efforts to remove him now. Oh, it's the same as Spindell. I think it's you know yeah. you would actually need a Republican to go against somebody from their party. You know, and and this is the thing with with Spindell. There's no 
normal way to remove him. You know, there's not like an outside body who could, you know, cast some sort of vote that has some sort of oversight over the Wisconsin Elections Commission. His appointment is the singular duty of Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahieu. And he's the only person who could remove him from that job. I know Sarah Godlewski, uh, the Secretary of State, was talking about calls to remove him. You know, a number of other organizations calls to remove him. The only person who can actually do that is Devin Lemahieu. Yes, who has indicated that at this moment he's not doing that. So I guess for me, I, I had uh, Attorney General of the State of Wisconsin, Josh, call on the show yesterday. And I had to ask him the question right out of the gates. I mean, is there an ongoing investigation? I knew the answer was going to be I can't talk about or discuss from your perspective, somebody who covers politics in the state of Wisconsin, do you think that's that could be a reality? I mean, it's just everything coming from Josh Call and the attorney general's office on this issue has been so mysterious, so clouded. And, oh, we're not going to say what's happening. Well, it's been three years now. At some point, something has to happen uh, with whatever investigation is ongoing. You know, obviously, attorney general's office has a lot of duties in this state. and They've got a lot to do. At some point, we need to see some accountability from from Josh Collins. It, it can't forever be we're working on something, right? There has to be this has to come to the surface at some point. As we approach the beginning of 2024, of course, real votes will start to be cast. Iowa and beyond, they're in their caucuses uh, within an eventual presidential election in, in November of 2024. Do you think, from your perspective as a as a as a columnist and writer, that we will see clarity before the election, or is it just going to get worse? On any of these issues, right now it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that uh, that clarity that I think all of us, a lot of us, are hoping for is really in sight right now. You know, I th- this stuff with Spindel, I think, you know, I, I read something from from Wisp Politics talking about like it, it angers liberals and Democrats to no end that Spindel is on the committee, and I think that you know they kind of pointed to that as a potential reason why. Uh, Lemahieu would keep him on the committee. It's just not the way to run a state. It's not the way to run uh, this type of incredibly important, supposedly nonpartisan, uh, you know, office that oversees elections in, in the state of Wisconsin. We have to get some of these fundamentals right so we don't run into the same problems. You know, I know there were some uh, issues taken up by the state legislature allowing an early count in Milwaukee so we don't have the the 3 a.m. you know reporting of the of the ballots that's not allowed to be done before that. I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. I think the more that we can, you know, kind of <laughs> find the right solutions that are, that are good for election administrators and good for the pu- public I think that we should seek out those opportunities. But at the same time, you know, in a lot of those sessions, in a lot of those legislative uh, hearings on that type of bill, a lot of falsehoods still coming from Republicans toward the city of Milwaukee and questioning the legitimacy of our votes here. And I think that is that continues to be really frustrating. That's going to continue to be frustrating when the RNC comes to town. If Trump is the nominee, it's going to be continuing to be frustrating. Let's say if. Sheriff David, former Sheriff David Clark, jumps into the Senate race. That's certainly going to be a topic if he if, if he jumps into that race too. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really important that people, you know, kind of work against these against these ridiculous uh, election denial uh, type of actions. He is Dan Schaefer. He is the uh, the editor and every other job function you can have for the Recombobulation <laughs> area. Chief writer, CEO, president. founder, president, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I got to come up with an actual title yes. so that we don't. Yeah, yeah, one word would be <laughs> good. Word, and, yeah. and how do how do folks find that? Uh, you can find us at the recombobulationarea.news, recombobulationarea.substack.com. We'll take a break. I want to ask you, the, the mayor of Milwaukee was on my show yesterday. He talked about the RNC coming in and the implications of a Trump nomination for Milwaukee and how we all react to that reality. We'll discuss that after this on WTMJ Now.
Yeah, we're playing some Christmas music. What about it? I like Christmas music, and it puts us in the mood. Dan Schaefer, my guest from the Recombobulation area. So I, I interviewed uh, Mayor Johnson, Cavalier Johnson, on the show yesterday, and we talked briefly about the RNC. And, and my question for him was related to any concerns about I, I didn't. They're not going to talk to, uh, about security issues. That's something they're, they're going to focus on. But with the potential, strong potential that the candidate for Republicans will be Donald Trump in Milwaukee in July, I asked him if I thought that was if, you know a concern, and, and he really wasn't concerned because we all have faith in our security systems and all that stuff. But it will be an interesting time in Milwaukee if that's the case because this is going to be loud, crazy. You, you expect to see like counter protests from the left and all of that stuff? I, I think there will be some of that. You know, I think I think it's going to be a, just a very interesting summer in the Midwest more generally because we have the RNC in Milwaukee and the DNC will be right down the road in Chicago. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot to watch with both of that. But I think you know there. I think that there are going to be. Um, it's some significant number of concerns going into that. And I think there's security, of course, I think any big event, you're going to have security concerns, any big event like that, uh, where you have, you know, somebody who's, who's been particularly divisive, uh, that, that is going to invite some concerns there. But I think, you know, for, for so many people who put so much work into changing the perception around Milwaukee and are, are, you know, we have new leadership and we have this, uh, you know, starting out into a new era in Milwaukee. And I, I do think there's, there's worry that, you know, the Republicans and Donald Trump will come here and bash the city and and insult, uh, you know, the, the election workers that are here and things like that. You know, Donald Trump has lied about the election results in Milwaukee countless times. So I think if he, if he comes here and delivers a convention speech on stage where he's saying that, you know, the majority of the votes in, in the city that went for Joe Biden are illegitimate, I think that's going to be a problem. I think that's going to be a real problem for people in the city. I asked, and I even know, you know, that some many people that I'm friends with are are talking about. I, I have some friends who have already booked vacations to the UP to, to get just out. get as far away from here oh. as possible during that during that uh, week where the Republicans will be in town. Well, I'll be front and center, so I'm not getting out anyway. Actually, I'm leaving right after for a, a trip. But yeah, I'm um, not going anywhere either. I'll be here for it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when if you're a uh, you know a consumer of politics or somebody who talks about politics or writes about politics, this is you know the you know the Super Bowl of Super Bowls, right? Because this is the the nuttiest of all elections uh, times three for Donald Trump. And um, just quickly, because I, I want to move on to other stuff, um, Joe Biden's numbers are horrifically bad. Why do you think that is? I think there's a number of things. I think for one, I think. The way that we look at uh, approval ratings and, and polling, I think we have to kind of adjust that because basically every president has had a negative approval rating for, I don't know, the past 15 years or so. And I think the country is just so polarized. You're not going to have you're going to have half the country against the president no matter what. And then you're also going to have a fraction of, you know, the, the Democratic base or whatever it might be who might be frustrated with Joe Biden. I know there are a lot of. People on the left who are frustrated with Joe Biden's policy towards the war in Israel right now. So I think that might be, you know, a reason for for that. And I also think, you know, I, I also think it, it is just um, the time in the political election cycle. I saw I saw there was a poll this morning uh, from the New York Times 
that had uh, some interesting poll results on, you know, the Biden Trump head to head. Trump has been leading in most of these yes. for the past several weeks. But if you but they did a sample of registered voters versus likely voters. The the registered voters went for Trump and the likely voters were majority for Biden. So I think that is an interesting indicator. You know, there's a lot of political insiders who will tell you, don't pay attention to the registered voter sample. Only look at the likely voters. And I think we've seen this realignment during the Trump era where you have some of the more uh, working class voters who have who have kind of gravitated to the Republican Party over the past eight years or so. Uh, as Trump has been kind of the main figure there, where and then you have some of the more you know, college-educated women in particular who have who've gone away from the Republican Party. And, and a lot of those voters are more reliable at getting to the polls. Uh, and so I think that is, that's something that we're going to see here as well as we, as we get closer. It, it, I think this is an interesting point of indicator where they're sh- kind of shifting from the registered voter sample to the likely voter sample, and that's showing a shift that goes in Biden's favor. I think that's pretty interesting. Good stuff. Dan Schaefer, our guest from the recombobulation area. We'll take a break here. I want to talk about the uh, other things happening in state politics after this. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Listen to WTMG now, as Big Voice Guy just said, in studio with me as he is every Tuesday, except when he's not, is Dan Schaefer from the recombobulation area. How do folks find that uh, that great writing on politics from a left-leaning perspective? That's right. You can find us at the recombobulationarea.news, recombobulationarea.substack.com. You can become a free subscriber, get that newsletter in your inbox every week. If you want to take that extra step, support local independent journalism. We're running a sale right now, 25% off all that. subscriptions uh, through the end of the year here. So uh, never been a better time to come check it out. And for all the angry texters, why do you have this guy on? There's some of those, not a lot. We balance. We have Christian Sider on the show later, who's a conservative author and columnist. So hold your water. <laughs> those texts can't be any worse than my Twitter mentions. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Here's the here's the great thing about all this communication that we, options that we have now. You got to take it all with a grain of salt. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was called a moron and an idiot not more than 20 minutes ago, and then somebody said they love me, and, and uh, I'm a thoughtful, smart guy. So it's all over the place, which is a good thing. That's right. You can't, uh, you, you can't, you can't put too much stock into what people who are, are hiding behind, you know, random avatars have to say. So. Yes, often with no picture of themselves. That's right. All right. Yeah. So um, let's talk about local races coming up. We have obviously the mayor of Milwaukee. Yeah. The, uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson is running for re-election. Yeah. County Executive David Crowley yeah. is running for re-election. Anybody going to run against these guys? Well, right now it doesn't seem like that we have any, I guess, serious challengers. That I think there are a couple of people who have filed. Who's a non-serious? <laughs> and there are a couple of people. Well, I think there was uh, one individual who's who's run unsuccessfully against Gwen Moore in a number of races. I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. Uh, but you know, people who are kind of fringe candidates maybe have, have filed. But you know, we are. About two months away from the primary, you know, I know we have uh, this is kind of the, one of the only quiet moments we have in the political election cycle uh, here in the state of Wisconsin. But we are getting close to those local elections. We're, but the, the primary will happen uh, in mid-February. Mm-hmm. I think I believe it's February 20th. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if somebody was going to bring a real challenge to Mayor Cavalier Johnson or David Crowley, I think they would probably have had to have start running probably a few months ago by now. And you so right now, I, I think both of them are in pretty good shape to sail through to another term. It would be, you know, Cavalier Johnson's first full term and, and David Crowley's second term. He was he was elected uh, in, in 2020, right when the uh, the uh, the crazy pandemic election uh, that we had a few years ago. So we might have some some opponents where we don't know that yet. But if we don't, what does that speak to as far as 
Mayor Johnson and, and, and the cutting executive. Yeah, I think, you know, Mayor Johnson's election, he, he won by such a landslide against Bob Donovan. You know, we had the big primary field that, that Johnson, uh, that Donovan was able to emerge from. And then Johnson beat Donovan by an even greater margin than Tom Barrett beat him by in 2016. Um, and so, and, and then with David Crowley, he won a close election against Chris Larson, but I think, you, you know, they have had, they have consolidated a lot of support and they've gotten a lot done. I think you have to, you know, look at some of the results and, and look at the, the shared revenue and local sales tax deal that over and over and over again, we heard people saying that it was never going to get done. I think Robin Voss in, in 2021 was on record saying it's never going to happen. Well, now here we are at the end of 2023. They made, they both made that particular deal a priority in their campaign and they got it done they were able to work together and get it done and i think that's a really important uh really important sign and i think i think the the reset uh that has happened under both of their leaderships and in the city of milwaukee and its relationship with the state and its overall direction i think is headed in a a much better direction than than it was beforehand so look look i'm somebody who i endorsed david crowley uh in that election i endorsed uh cavalier johnson in his election uh, and thus far, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, with those decisions, and pretty happy with the direction that, that that they are taking the city and county. And I expect both of them to be reelected for another term. They're both strong leaders, but I, I praise them both when they're in studio. The fact that they got those deals done, shared revenue, brewers, and and and, and are working some on some other things mm-hmm. with the legislature, impressive. Because that has not been the case for a long time. So I give them kudos for that. Hey, real quick, you hosted WTMJ Nights last week. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. What'd you talk about? Yeah, I had a, I had a good group of guests. We talked a lot about local elections. Uh, you know, I had, uh, was, was able to have the guests carry me in a lot of ways. It's a two hours by yourself on the radio. Uh, for it, you know, you know this as, as well as anyone can, can be a little bit of a challenge, but bringing in some good guests, had a conversation with, uh, Evan Goyke, who is, who is a current state representative Democrat from the west side of Milwaukee. He is now running for the office of Milwaukee City Attorney. You know, in the absence of, of a high-profile, contentious mayoral race or county executive race, I think that city attorney's race is going to get a lot of attention because I think, you know, Tierman Spencer in his first term as Milwaukee City Attorney, boy, has he invited a lot of controversy. Yeah, and rough, time is, rough it, it has not been a good first mm. four years. And as, you know, Goyke said in our interview uh, when he was in studio here on Friday, he said, hey, I, I voted for Spencer in 2020. I was ready for a change in that office. Uh, but now, having seen what has transpired over the past, you know, three-plus years now, uh, ready for a change as well. So I think Goyke, the Goyke-Spencer city attorney's race might be the most interesting one on the ballot in the city of Milwaukee next year. Stay tuned, as they say. Dan Schaefer, always great to talk to you. His work, the recombobulation area. Quickly, how folks find out? You can find us at therecombobulationarea.news, recombobulation area on Substack. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer, where I'm occasionally tweeting about things other than the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> exactly.